0: Uh, as as we continue on with our sermon series where we are looking at the book of Acts and and the sermons that come from it I find the beginning of this uh, statement pretty interesting where it says Paul opened his mouth and began to say and I certainly hope one that not many of the things that I say are written down and if there is ever any sort of statement that begins with Brad opened his mouth and began to say (laughs) it probably is not going to be as great as this uh, will we'll probably contain many things that are not uh, repeatable or worth repeating, one or the other. Uh, but here, Paul, what he shares with us in Acts chapter 10 is gold. It's priceless. It's perfect. And if anything, what we see at the end of his statement and at the end of his talk is that what he delivers is the goods to the point that the Spirit comes down. And many people receive the Lord, into their life. Acts chapter 10, and this specifically this sermon that is given here, where he opens his mouth and he begins to say, delivers to us the very salvation that we all hold so dear. In fact, if you are reading the beginning of his sermon that is given here, it sounds like the perfect second article explanation in a creed. Now, If you remember, a second article is the statements that we make about the Son of God. And we have that in in our creeds. The the second part of the two and the three creeds that we repeat is always about the Son of God. Uh, as, As someone who did not grow up in the Lutheran church, but has grown in his Lutheranism as he goes, I have become enamored and in love with the creeds. The fact that I can be in Albuquerque, New Mexico at a church Saying those creeds reminds me that my people here are saying the exact same creed on that Sunday. And that my family back in St. Louis are confessing the same faith with the same creeds. So I say that to let you know that I am an Orthodox Christian. But sometimes, my only complaint about the creeds... (laughs) is that it doesn't contain what Jesus did as he walked and he talked. It generally goes right from the Incarnation right to the Passion. But here in our sermon today that we are reading, it says, You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning with Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So that as he went about and he went through his life, he went going, doing the good that God had commanded him to do, saying what God had told him to say, being sent by the Father. And as he walked and as he talked, he showed us the way to be his children to be his people. Now certainly the apostles are good Lutherans, and they do eventually get to the point where even he says, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to judge both the living and the dead. To, all, to him, all the prof- prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness through his name. And there is where we are receiving his forgiveness, and receiving it through his name. The gospel being proclaimed. Not just the point of the cross, but what our salvation did as he walked and as he talked and as he performed miracles and he set the prisoners free. Now I bring this to your attention today. Because as the sermon is given in Acts chapter 10, Speaking to the people of Israel, we hear the condemnation that comes upon him and the statements of God as what he has come to them. Israel for a long time was stuck in their ways with their law, forced to try and perform under that law to show that their salvation, show their identity, show that they were to be the children of God. And they failed. This is important to us because oftentimes we look just as the people that Christ first came to, laboring under law, the laws of this world that is given to us, demanding that we think the righteous way as the world thinks in its righteous way, or the law that comes to us through the scriptures, telling you that you need to be good, you need to be perfect, And I don't think I'm alone in saying I have failed. I don't think I'm alone in saying I do not match up. But sometimes I think the difference between us and the people that Christ first came to minister to is that they were at least a little bit more open with their idolatry. You could actually go and see the idols that they worshiped. They didn't mind putting them in statues (laughs) and they didn't think it was worth hiding in any sort of way. But we, maybe through the ages, have become very good at hiding our idolatry. Jesus comes to a people who suffer under the religious zealousness of the Pharisees. People who think that they can say exactly how it is supposed to be in religion. They suffer under the place and time where their nation is under the oppression of a foreign entity. And all they seek, because their hearts have turned only onto material things, is a Messiah that will give them national freedom. They suffer under their own idolatry. Idolatry of the law. Idolatry of their wealth. Idolatry of their independence. The message of Jesus reaches into Israel and speaks to them exactly where they are at. You have heard it said that you must perform the law this way, but let me tell you of something new and something different. A covenant made by wood and nails that brings forgiveness of sins, that puts us in relationship with God, Not based on our abilities, not based on what we think we are worth, but based on God, on Christ, the one who has come to bring us this new covenant. And so, when speaking to Israel, a picture is painted of them that reaches into the future. No longer will it be only for this small sect of people here that are hearing those words, but is to be sent out to all of the nations. So he opened his mouth and he said, Christ has come for all of the nations. Not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles. Not just for the Americans. But for all in this world, for every person God looks upon and loves and finds favor in and seeks to be in relationship with them. This is the core of God's message, that Christ has come to die not just for you, not just for me, but for the world. And woe to any who forget it. in this newness, in this covenant that Christ has come to bring. He speaks of a time when there is a new Israel, a new Jerusalem, a new people that are to come and that is you and that is me. That we are now that nation that He has come to seek out and we are the nation that brings Him to the world. So we find the same message that Jesus spoke. Speaking to our past as he has spoken to Israel's past. Speaking to our present as he spoke to Israel's present at that time. And speaking to our future as he spoke to Israel's future. We ourselves have a similar past that Israel had as Jesus spoke to them. One full of our own idolatry. Our own failures in the face of God. Our own failures in our own face. Let's be honest. And Christ reaches into those as He reached into Israel's, and He covers it over with His sin, bringing forgiveness into our past. This is the freedom that He has granted us in our forgiveness. That no longer are we to be known as that past. No longer are those things to have any weight as they haunt us. Because we are not known by that, but we are known by the gospel. While I was away, I had heard some rather distressing news of a, um, a person who had written many books that were influential at the time of my youth uh, and any other Christian that went to youth group in the 90s and the early 2000s. A guy by the name of Joshua Harris. And if you want to know his full story, we're in the time of Google, so you can feel free to look it up. But he wrote some rather heavy books that dealt with uh, relationships and the way God views sex within relationships. And and it created a whole other movement within the church. Many people take that and they hold that against him because it created some very difficult things in the view of Christians regarding that important aspect of relationships. As Joshua Harris grew in his wisdom and education and learning more about the scriptures, he actually recanted most of what he wrote during that time. But the thing that he found is that people would not let him forget That everywhere he turned, either in the world or within the church, there were people with his books saying how much damage and hurt he had completely caused. That every time he went to ask for forgiveness, what he was met with was no forgiveness at all. His repentance only was an echo chamber out into the world with nobody there to deliver the truth of Christ. And so... Finally bearing this guilt and finding no one there to talk to him about the gospel, he renounced his faith. The gospel, the gospel leads us to forgive. It leads us to actually to take that past of ours and to be spoken those words of forgiveness so that none of us should ever carry around the guilt and the hopelessness of the things that we have done, but in forgiveness be confident and say that we were wrong and confident in Christ's love that it has taken care of it. When that doesn't happen, when the church refuses, or when we refuse to let Christ take that past, horrible things begin to happen including a loss of faith. But Christ takes our, our past and he forgives it. As he had forgiven Israel, he forgives you. As he forgives those that have harmed you, he forgives you. And this leads to our present. For it is not just our past that he has come for but it is for what is happening in our lives right now. It is the present that we live in. Christ came among those that he loved in order to live with them and to do those good works, to set people free from the oppression of their demons, of the devil that plagues them, of not only the sin but the illness that has come into our lives. And so as he spoke of the presence of God to each of them, placing his hands on them, forgiving them and restoring their sight, healing their wounds, our God comes into our presence and heals all of ours. For each of us in this present life carry around scars upon our hearts, but he bleeds them to keep beating, to keep growing in his love. To keep speaking not only to our past of forgiveness but into our present life now so that we can be set free so that we can be healed just as well this is part of the opening of our mouths and speaking for we live in a world that is based on might equaling right on power exercising itself over those who are lower and those who are the least among us. No time is it more important for the church to remember this part of the gospel, that Christ has come for everyone. It does not withhold itself based on any other characterization we give each other. No matter who it offends in this world, Either what side of the aisle you are on. This gospel is true. Christ has come for all. We live in a time where the presence of Christ is needed. For there are many who are struggling in their loneliness and isolation. There are many who are feeding themselves on the statements of anger. And that leads them to be doing some many inconceivable violent actions such as those that we have seen in the past 24 hours. Christ speaks to this present time. Where we find hate, we speak of his love. Where we find violence, we bring peace. Where we discover those who are in isolation, we bring the presence of God to them. And to any who want to take me for that, i'll take the licks but point out where scripture tells me i'm wrong he has come for now and it's time for us as the church to speak that in truth because our present is attached to our future we live in a hope for something that we know that is coming in romans chapter eight Paul says to us, we hope in the things that we have not seen. For what kind of hope is it that is hoping in the things already seen? But instead we wait in patience. And we do so by the Spirit of God that is with us now, giving us the strength and the power of God in this time, pointing us to the future that is to be. We are looking forward to a time when there is no longer these divisions of nation or tongue or race or life. But there is only one people found in Christ. Those that are resurrected to life, those who have clung to this name, those who have found in this name the forgiveness of their sins, the power of their life, the hope of their future. That is your hope. This is the message that was spoken to the people of old that brought the Spirit down into their lives, and by that Spirit, they hoped in what is to come passing that faith down to you and to me, to where our hope is now the same, just as our confession is the same, just as the words of Acts 10 remain the same then as they are today. We have a God who has come for the present, the past, and the future. And this is what we open our mouths to say. This is the message that we are known for. These are the words that we bear out not only in our actions, but in our actual speech into this world. This is how we are known. So open your mouths. Let this be your words. For the world is hungry and in need. You are hungry and in need. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among us and pour out everywhere we go. Amen? Amen.